in order to help people, sometimes you have to sacrifice yourself. Exorcism, all this type of project is actually very risky and not very money-making in Singapore. I do have a family, you know. Something goes wrong to me, uh, maybe I sleep tonight, I don't get to see the sun tomorrow. In the latest episode of Supernatural Confessions, we go one-on-one -on -one with a Thai spiritual master known as an Ajahn. What does he do? What are the risks? And how likely are you to get attacked with black magic? Player. Supernatural Is Confessions. This is the Supernatural Confessions Podcast. My name is Tim O, and as always, welcome to our little paranormal place on the internet. Each episode, we cover something related to the supernatural. Whether it's ghost stories, monsters, myths, or legends. And we thank each and every one of our listeners for taking the time to support us. Now, if you enjoy our program, the best way you can help us is to leave a five-star rating or review for us wherever you're listening from. Or share our links on your social media. This would do wonders to help us grow our podcast and our network of supernatural enthusiasts. The bigger the network, the more stories we get to share with everyone. This podcast is just one of the platforms where we deliver our content. Look for Supernatural Confessions on our YouTube channel, Facebook, or even our website, supernaturalconfessions.com. Now on to this episode. All over the world, there are a number of supernatural practitioners, individuals who can communicate with the unseen men and women who have mastered the ability to help us when conventional science and medicine cannot. Each culture has its own version of the shaman, the sensei or the sifu. Here in Southeast Asia, we have our bomos, our ustads, our tankis, and even our ajans. Ajan is a term of respect used in Thailand, much like sensei or master. Recently, Supernatural Confessions had the chance to chat with Ajahn Joe, who over the years has had his fair share of experiences, including exorcisms and black magic combat. Today he shares those stories, starting with his very first case. This is a very true story. My first case to handle this spiritual stuff uh, when I was in my early 20s. The first reaction when the victim uh, stand in front of my door, my main door. She's a lady, uh, she's a lady. I think in her mid-twenties, she worked in a bank. The parents suspected that uh, uh, because the change of behavior from her daily life, uh, you know, they observed something is wrong. Uh, for example, she started to wake up in the middle of the night, start talking to herself, and she started to cut down on her food. You know, she, she grow very thin within two months. Just right at the main door, she starts screaming at it, holding on to my gate, shouting, why you people bring me here in Mandarin? Ah? Then uh, I was so scared, lah. I'm a rookie. Ma. The way she talked, she starts screaming. I was quite panicked also that time. So I just uh, look at her, I stare at her and I shouted at her, shut up, come in. Then she suddenly uh, very tame, you know. I was quite surprised. Ah. I thought, wow, sasak lady, lah, that kind of thing. So when actually, when I start doing the ritual to help her, 
the process actually take up about half an hour. Along the way, when I start chanting, she vomited non-stop until my whole living room and balcony is terrible, you know, with that kind of smell. Uh, then I was quite panicked uh, during that time. So there is also a portion that I almost forgot what I'm chanting. Rookie, ma, you know, panic. Uh, everybody got their first time, uh, you know. So uh, along the way, I'm lucky. Uh, my back is facing the parents. Uh, so I just move on, you know. Then I beg for my teachers to help me, you know, let me recall the chanting, you know, the proper chanting for, for, for this project. So and suddenly the, the inspiration just come. Then I, I carry on until she knocked out. So when she knocked out, uh, I have a procedure to, I have a ritual to wake her up. Immediately when she woke up, she, she looked around, she looked very, you know, blur, you know, and asking, why am I here? You know, the parents are quite happy, you know. So once this thing is done, and they ask me, uh, Master Joe, so what is the charges like? The ang pao, how much should I give you? I tell you, actually my face is in green form, but I act very calm. And then I said, never mind, la, up to your donation. So immediately when they left my place, uh, less than two minutes, my master actually called me up. And the first question that he threw in, so how? Is it exciting for you? No, I was like, hey, master, how come you know? He said, yeah, my sight was being activated in a way, activated. La, you know. I said, I was quite panicked. He said, don't worry. He said, the teachers will be with you. It was a test. La. It was a test. You see, now I talk to you, my goosebump is coming out. So this is a very happening and very bad experience for me, for a rookie. So along the way, when I practice throughout the years, it's a bit numb already. It's like a surgeon, you see blood every day. To them, it's like nothing. It's like reading newspaper every day. So that's why you hardly can see any motion or any feeling from my eyes. It's almost numb already. Thank you, Ajahn Joe. But obviously, through the years, some experiences were better than others. Can you tell us about the worst one you've had so far? Wow, I must talk about this. Uh, this one, very, uh, very kanchong and very exciting to talk about. Uh, the worst scenario is uh, once there was a Chinaman, a man from China working in Singapore, okay, on construction site. So he was recommended by his own supervisor saying that uh, they actually come back from Vietnam from a project and they started a new project in Singapore. So he said, this guy, Bon Dring, is very rare to find you know, our China citizen, Bon Dring. So he, his stomach actually bloated. Bloated. Then uh, they sent for medical checkup. You know, these people, when they want to get their permit, they got to send for a medical checkup. Everything is okay. Everything is green light. But the fellow, when come to night hours, the fellow will start to complain, stomach ache, not feeling well, that kind of thing. So they bring it, bring him to me. Okay, he looked very normal, just a slightly bloated stomach. So he said this thing bloated within one week, which is weight gainers don't perform that good lah, you know. So so I asked him to put on the joysticks, you know to respect my teachers before I can do any so-called checking, see whether is there any negative energy, you know, uh, inside his body. So what happened is, uh, when he hold the joystick, he cannot hold it properly. The things scatter all over the place. Five joystick only, so light. Even children can lift it up. He just hold and he starts shivering. 
and then he dropped everything. I said, you must pick it up, put in the urn that I can do for you. He forced himself to pick it up and he started crying. Immediately when he poked the joystick into the urn, okay, he started kneeling down and crying and vomiting before I even start anything. So I moved on. Then I, I checked, I realized that uh, it's a form of uh, black dark arts, lah, okay, using uh, the buffalo skin. This is quite dangerous uh, because uh, the, the, the stomach will start bloating and bloating and it will die just like that, no? or sometimes to the extent it will burst. Okay. So after I helped him to take out this thing, he immediately, he actually shit in his pants. The whole house thing like shit, uh, really, really. Lots of craps all over my balcony. Uh. So what happened is uh, I used plastic bag. I go and pick up something very, very hard. About the size of my fingernail, the surface, and the thickness is like a metal ruler thickness. Uh. So I pick it up, I wash it, okay, I try to study what is that. This is a buffalo skin. I say this one is quite common in Vietnam. I say maybe you have uh, actually, uh, you know, got it from Vietnam. I say, do you travel, you know, for the past six months? He admitted, he said, yes. I say, so do you mess around with any girls, you know, and you give empty promises and that kind of thing? Then he very reluctant to reply me because he can speak Mandarin. So I speak Mandarin to him, I asked him, I said, you have to tell me the truth. And then he admitted, he said, yes, actually I have an affair with a woman and I promised to marry her. But due to the completion of the project, the construction in Vietnam, he, he come back to Singapore uh, without contacting the lady. So I think the lady comes from a spiritual family. I do not know, I do not know. You know, because uh, Vietnamese also cater a lot of spiritual service from Cambodia master. So all these are very dangerous art. So I, I also put myself in danger to help him because I'm also not very experienced during that time. So in order to help people, sometimes you have to sacrifice yourself. Lah. So I, I gamble my way in. And what happens after you lift or break the curse? Does it end there? Once you actually disarm the black magic, okay, then there, there may be a war, a spiritual war after the victim left home, leaving me and you know the, the other party you know at night just to you know you know they will feel they will feel one kind or they will say hey, somebody actually dismantled my spell you know and that is when maybe they will send and try so this is a very personal war between two spiritual masters see so by doing this exorcism exorcist all this type of project is actually very risky and not very money making in singapore okay i do have a family you know Something goes wrong to me, uh, maybe I sleep tonight, I don't, I don't get to see the sun tomorrow. Now Ajahn Joe, who are usually the most at risk of spiritual attacks? Throughout the years, most of the victims, they are mainly people who don't believe in spiritual stuff, they don't wear proper protection, and then, you know, they just too bad, you know, they got friction with those spirit, wandering spirit, and then they are being possessed. But they, these are not being sent by another master. These are so-called, you are in a very bad state of luck, so then you turn up. Then another thing, another per, uh, uh, factor is uh, you consume abuse drugs. Then they will hit. They will they will hunt you. You know they will they will hit to hit with you just to get into your body. So if you're a person, you believe in doing good good deeds. You know accumulating merits. You know 
uh, it's very likely that you will involve in uh, possessed by spirit. Uh. Very, very likely. You see? So, of course, people like me also, I wear protection. I can assume Singaporean. It doesn't mean that, oh, you are a master, you, you no need to wear what you are so good, no need to wear, come on. Uh. There are many, many masters are uh, very good and very powerful. They still die of black magic or during combat. There is, there is. So, if you were to wear a proper amulet, blessed by uh, holy masters, uh, good stuff, you know, you're wearing any amulets, actually it helps, it helps in a way whereby during your bad luck, this thing is still considered a shield for you. Especially you like to go around film haunted house, you know, you like to, you know, gang up with your members to travel to the kind of, you know, spooky place. You should encourage your members to put on something to protect before you go in. But nothing is perfect. When you were to wear this, you know, negative energy will walk away from you. That's why it's very hard for people to have shoe with them, the proper amulet with them. They can, you know, have a good hit on, on spiritual stuff. So I think... Uh, you you can you can do it lah without wearing one lah. No? When you got problem, maybe you can come find me. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, has there ever been a case you couldn't handle? Tachut lah, lucky lah for me. So far, most of the encounter I had lah, I can actually overcome. But there is one that almost uh, I lost myself lah, uh, because uh, they actually throw in a black magic curse with a hidden black magic, meaning. You take out this on the surface, actually there's one more coming in. Meaning, once you were to disarm the black magic from the victim, once the thing is out, they will start to bite their own tongue. That is the critical part. I'm very, very inexperienced that time. When I start to actually, uh, during the process, uh, I can feel that almost there already. So she KO and I see her mouth start moving. Then I remember what my master told me once. He said, you be careful to, to certain people, certain victims. Uh, they, they, they are being cursed in this way. You got to have stamp, something standby uh, to put inside her mouth to prevent her from biting out her own tongue. So luckily, I always have metal ruler with me. Uh, that's why just now I mentioned metal ruler. So, so I just put the thing, I just open the jaw, I squeeze the whole metal ruler inside, the, in between the jaws. Uh, so prevent her from you know, biting her tongue. And then during that time, I was uh, quite kanchong uh, because uh, I know how to do this, but I don't know how to do that. At that very moment, you know, we have Sony Ericsson 338. During that time, you know, I call, I call my master. I say, I got this problem now. The victim is KO, but the jaw keep moving. I can't stop. So my master actually, on the very spot, teach me additional chanting. He said, you use holy water. You know, you sip the holy water, you chant you chant your holy water and you open her mouth, you spit into her mouth. I was thinking, oh my God, she vomit like shit, like want me to, you know, go so close to her lips though. No choice lah. The parents is like looking so hopelessly there, then I, I do it lah. I do it. Then she, her tongue start to, her mouth start to stop ah, And she start to open her eyes. Then I very reluctant to pull out the metal ruler that time. I said, you okay no? you okay? Said, yeah, yeah, what happened ah? I, I straight away I take out. So, so this is something uh, very dangerous. Uh. Imagine she bite her own tongue, then I have police come to my house, you know, what happened, you know, that kind of thing. I get myself into trouble just to help people. But I'm very, very blessed by my teacher, my Guba Achan, that all this encounter I've been through for the sake of helping people and at the same time helping myself, I'm very protected, I'm very safe. I do not know one day maybe I ended up 
become one of the victims. The skills of a spiritual practitioner are ancient, unique and very rare. How do they pass from one generation to the next? There's an old saying, uh, a good spiritual master will never own a son. It's very normal, uh, be it any bomo, any... I think most of them uh, you know, come across such old saying. Uh, it might not be true. Uh. So I have two daughters, I've got no son. So actually this art somehow or rather will end in my family. Maybe uh, the knowledge and the arts will be uh, passed to an outsider, maybe disciples or followers and so on. So, of course, I don't expect my daughter to go into deep practice. Uh, the reason is because for women, they belong to negative energy. So maybe they can learn to, you know, do fortune telling, uh, feng shui, you know, some spiritual advice, but not in combat form. Combat form meaning you do uh, exorcism, that kind of thing, you carry out all this. Uh, not very encouraging because uh, they will have menses. They will get pregnant. Okay, so during their weakest point of time, is these two main factors that is going to uh, deplete their power, or so-called, or their defense system. So from ancient, from ancient till today, most of the teaching is actually passed on to men, because men don't face these two factors. You see, so men are more on the yang, which is positive energy. So if you were to fight black magic, you were to do all a uh, certain ritual, you need a man's yang energy to actually progress the thing to uh, so-called a proper level. For women, it can be done, but very, very rare, maybe one in a million. Maybe these are the chosen one, you know. So uh, for me, I don't encourage my daughter to go into all this, you know. But of course, some uh, basic defense system, knowledge and all and so on, uh, I think they, they need to know, la. including yourself, la, you need to know also. Okay, don't wait until one day I'm not around or you can't find any master, that's it. You know, you need to learn something just to defend yourself. Not to create a career out of it, but at least to have certain percent of belief rather than being superstitious. And while we're on the topic of protection, why do people usually get targeted? People will not charm you for nothing. There must be a, a good reason that people wanted to curse you, wanted to send black magic to you. Okay, mainly what I observed throughout the years. Three main reasons that I encounter, okay, from the victim. First, okay, you eat a lot of people's money during business, during so and so on. So what happened is people don't want to let you go. You make me bankrupt, you make me make my, fa my, fa my family suffer, you know, and that kind of thing. You have to suffer. They will send uh, spiritual master to, to whack you in a way, la, the spiritual way. Second is, you go and disturb a family who really, you know, hardcore practitioner. You go and give empty promises, you go and sleep with people's daughter. You say you want to come back married, then you never come back, then the father will start doing things. Okay, these are mainly the two factors. The third factor, very critical one, involve relationship. Meaning, you actually go and have an affair with somebody's wife. You see? So breaking up people's marriage. So, you know, we, when it comes to love, it's a very selfish thing. Uh. People are willing to spend money. Uh, since, you know, you take my wife, you take my husband, I wait you. So this is mainly the three factors that I come across so far, based on these three reasons. People will not do you black magic because 
because of small issue lah. Because you got to pay lump sum, a lot of money for the master to help you. Some of the master got tremendous good wisdom. They will say, oh, come on, this is small case. You want me to curse somebody, you know, for the sake of such issue. I don't think they also want to do it. Maybe they take your money from the surface. They say, okay, I help you do. You know, and then you go back, you don't tap out. Then they will not do. Then they say, oh, this fellow luck very good. Lah. You know, it's very hard to hit him, lah, that kind of thing. Then what are you going to do? You cannot be simply asking the money back from the master. Right? So if you are good, you discipline yourself during uh, in your daily life. You know, you don't go and harm people. You don't go and take advantage of people. I don't think people will do such thing on you. Right? Face the facts. Recently, we did an episode on love charms and spells. As an Ajahn, no doubt you're very familiar with love magic. What actually goes into a spell like this? In Thai, they call Nam Mam Prai, oil from the corpse. Uh, these are very ancient methods or very uh, powerful raw materials for most of the dark arts. Lah. Most of the dark arts. Lah. Okay? Uh, what they will do is uh, ancient time, they will actually extract the oil, the chin oil, by heating them up with candles, extracting the oil. Then they will mix into uh, other spiritual form of, uh, you know, so-called amulet or scroll or what, you know, to enhance the power. But this one I have to highlight to you. Many, many locals, including neighboring countries, they felt that having such item can actually help you in your daily life. I would not say it don't work. I would say eventually it will work. But there's a high risk of keeping such thing. Because you see, uh, some of them, uh, they are so uh, into such material whereby they will pay high price to a master to get what they want. And maybe through here, say and there, they will even pour some of the liquids, uh, the oil uh, into the enemy's uh, food or drink or even to their lover, just to control them. But these common practice are mainly for love charm. I would say mainly, but they can be used for other purposes. For protection also can, you know. But uh, for love charm is commonly very widely used and recommended for this. But to me, I don't think it's a good formula. Because you must able to differentiate between uh, a love charm and uh, a, a love blessing. You see? A love charm, normally we are, mainly, mainly they are categorized in, uh, under the dark arts, okay? This dark arts is actually carried out through uh, using the victim's uh, personal belongings or maybe parts from the body like hair, fingernail, your favorite clothing, you know? The easiest way to assess is hair and fingernail. Okay, because sometimes your lover thinks that you are trying to betray her. So what they do, uh, during your sleep, they cut away your nail. They cut away your hair without you noticing it. Okay, so they will actually send to a master, okay, who practice that art, to charm you, to love her forever, or to love him forever. But this is not healthy because they actually being controlled by some sort of negative power, maybe a demon who possess the victim to carry on making the person who requests that, you know, uh, she or he belongs to me, very loving, you know, that kind of thing. 
but the victim will lose their senses. They will lose their senses, meaning they are not being themselves. They are like walking zombie. They say, "Oh, what I need, lao kong, la la po, what I need, like that, so on." I love you. You know, I cannot live without you. So you know, couple sometimes are due to uh, argument. Maybe the person who requests maybe say something very bad, like uh, "You don't come and find me." You know, I don't love you anymore. The victim, ah. Uh, Will open window and jump on. No, I tell you, he or she don't love me anymore. There's no meaning for me to stay on. And then they will jump, no, they will jump, you know, because they are assigned to love you. But once you reject them, ah, they will. The victim will be like very lost. Ah, there are cases like that, very dangerous. So I think using the white art will be more safer, lah. Lesser side effect, lah. You know. Uh, using the white art actually we practice by using uh, the husband and wife's uh, photo, and then we will write down their birthday and we will draw some so-called yantra, some some talisman, you know, some drawing. Then after that we will call both of their name and we will tie them together with a white string. Okay, this is one of the basic formula. So this white art of blessing is to cut down this couple's friction. To let them settle this problem, also called their karma, in a very constructive way, instead of divorce, go on separate ways, you know, this one got no side effect. It's a blessing. It's a love ritual for blessing. This is not black magic. The love, uh, so called the dark art, that apply on uh, uh, lovers. This one is totally two different thing. One is a form of blessing. One is using negative energy to control the victim to love the one who requested. But of course, with only proper condition, then only I will help. First condition: this couple must be married. Okay, the person must show me the ROM cert. Because if I were to do it blindly, I will end up maybe separating a proper family just to entertain you, and this is very very sinful. Okay, upon requesting the marriage cert, is to ensure that. This followers or this customer is not cheating me. If not, I got problem. I'm answerable to all my teachers and all the belief and all the culture. I'm answerable. I do not want to answer to them. I can't afford. So, so this a uh, basic demand. Basic demand. Show me your marriage cert. You say sometimes for the sake of the children. The children are young. You say my wife, you know, follow a rich man. My husband got money. Go and pow some mistress. You know that kind of thing. Or never send money back, so on. For the sake of the kid, for the sake of the children, ah. So I think I carry out this blessing for them. Is ah okay, is appropriate, but not those who send demons, send spirit, just to victimize you know the person involved and then to fulfill another person's desire. I think this is not a proper ah wisdom point of act ah. Many thanks to Ajahn Joe for his time and sharing so much about his work as a spiritual master. For a video extract of our interview with Ajahn Joe, please visit the Supernatural Confessions YouTube channel. And should you require his services, reach out to us at supernaturalconfessions.com. While you're there, feel free to submit your own stories or tell us what else you'd like us to cover in our podcast. Maybe you might even be interested in coming on the show too. Thank you once again for listening, and as always, 
If you enjoyed the program, please share our links on your social media and leave us a five-star rating or review wherever you're tuning in to us from. It really does help us. Until our next installment, my name is Tim O, and this has been Supernatural Confessions. Supernatural Confessions.